Hello, chefs. This is Chef's PSA Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Natera. On today's episode, we're going to talk about why the fastest way to make your food better is to use better ingredients. Stay tuned. This episode of Chef's PSA is sponsored by JNR Grills and Smokers. Many of you have heard of JNR Smokers and Grills that typically last for decades. I've had the pleasure of using them for over five years at one of the top restaurants in Austin. They're beautiful. They gave me the control over technique and the smoke-infused flavors I wanted. I'm thrilled to have JNR as a sponsor. Their commitment over the past 50 years speaks for itself. They understand your passion because it fuels them too, barbecue or upscale cuisine. They always help you deliver. They build everything in Texas and ship to all 50 states and over 50 countries. JR, they'll stand with you. They've always stood with me. Go to jrmanufacturing.com to learn more. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market before we get started just a really quick brief update happy 2024 this is the first episode of 2024 we're going to kick it off with talking about ingredients and what makes it good but a few updates i just put out some new merch two different shirts i did a poll on my instagram page to see which one you all liked better it was about split so i decided to go with both so we have two brand new we digress t-shirts one is black has a shot glass and a cigar. The other one is white and it has a lounge and Miami Vice feel. Anyway, we digress. Go get your shirt. Take a shot. The other thing is I just finished writing the 50 most important chef's PSAs. I'm making it into an ebook. I would love to be announcing that it's live as you're watching this, but realistically, I just need a few more hours to read over it one more time and just double check the grammar and the spelling, but it's done. Finished writing it. It's formatted. I'm just reading it one more time, and then I got to link it up online. Most likely, by the time you're watching this or listening to this, you could go get it. Go to chefspsa.com forward slash books, 50 most important chef's PSAs. Why this book? Well, I'll tell you why. When you think about the distillation of wisdom that chef's PSA is, if I had to find the most important advice I could give a new cook or a new chef, this is what I would tell them. It's things that I wish I had known. Every single thing in this book is a mistake that either I've made as a cook or I've seen cooks go through this as a chef. So this is the information that I wish I would have known. It's your shortcut. It's your cheat code to get there. It's about 60 pages long. And it's interesting as I was writing it, I was like, I'm also in the process of writing another book called Bad Cooks Everywhere. And this is the first one that's finished. So I finished 50 Most Important Chefs PSAs and I realized it. it's about as long as the first book that I wrote, The Red Book, and roughly about the same length as the Line Cook Survival Manual. So it's about in between the two of those. I was like, I should just publish this on paperback, Amazon, and create an audiobook. But no, because I'm a man of my word, and I promised that I would give it away for free. So I'm not saying I won't publish it later, but as of right now, it will be free on my Gumroad account, you could go get it. You could download the ebook if I ever decide to make it a paperback version. For those of you that like the physical copy, I may do that later on. But as of right now, until further notice, 
It is free. It's on Gumroad in about 24 hours or so. Let's just say by January 8th, 2024, it's live. Now, someone asked me, why do I give this away for free? Well, one, it doesn't have to be for free. There's an option to leave a donation on any of the free eBooks that I have. I'm not opposed to money, by the way. But the reason I give them away for free is because part of my mission with Chef's PSA is I do want to help educate, improve, and give people resources and knowledge that don't have access to it. Now, many cooks are not in a financial position where they could pay for this information, so I give it away for free. But if you're in a position where you want to pay for it, I'll take your money. It's much appreciated. It does support the cause. So other ways to support the cause. Get the books. Culinary Leadership Fundamentals, Kitchen Art of War, Bad Sioux, Good Chef, Line Cook Survival Manual. All the free ebooks are also available. Leave them reviews. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me, let me say that again. Only leave them five-star reviews. If you got any of my books and you haven't left a five-star review, shame on you. Go, go do that right now. What are you waiting for? Other ways that you could support. Share the show. Make sure you leave five stars. Nothing less than five stars. Why nothing less than five stars? Because it's clearly not a four-star podcast. And if you left four stars, that would make you a liar. This is a five-star podcast. We don't like liars. Only the best chefs and cooks listen to Chef's PSA. So anyway, we digress. Let's get back to the subject at hand. Making your food better using better ingredients. I'll tell you, if you put two chefs together, both of equal skill and equal talent, the person who has access to better ingredients will make the superior food. All other things being equal, better ingredients will have better results. And if you took people, if you took two chefs and maybe one wasn't as good as the other one, but had great access to ingredients and didn't manipulate them and left them alone, most likely that chef will also have better food. I'm going to share a story with you. When I was young, I don't know, I was, I think like 22 and I was taking a trip to San Francisco. Now I, I lived in California for a short period of time and going to California to me was a transformative time in my life because I was spending a lot of time in other markets. I lived in Portland, I lived in Colorado and I lived in Dallas, Texas. And from there I went to California and it was my first time really being exposed to amazing produce. And here I was, San Francisco, ferry building, farmer's market, wandering through all the produce, just kind of looking at it. I was very impressed with a lot of the things that I saw. I saw jujubes for the first time. At that point in time, I had never seen them before. People were making crepes. I had never had someone make me a crepe right in front of my face. I had this amazing sandwich that was just sourdough bread, very beautiful tomatoes, arugula, and some farm eggs. And it was like the best sandwich I've ever had with good butter on it too. But as I was wandering and I was with a group of chefs who were like chef tourists wandering through San Francisco, we happened to go through the grape stand and my chef friend stopped me and he's like, you got to try this grape. And I was like, I'm, I'm all right. I've had a grape before. He's like, nope, you got to try this grape. And so after him bugging me for a few minutes, I was like, okay, I'm going to placate him a bit and let me try the grape. Now I wasn't expecting much, but in that moment, it was like, it's like a ratatouille moment when that, uh, what is that guy's name? Egon or Anton, the food critic, tries the ratatouille and it takes him to another land. That's what I felt like. It was like a grape times 10. It was like a concentrated grape. I'd never had a grape that good in my life. And I was like, wow, if a grape can do this, what else do I need to taste? And so as I was wandering through the farmer's market, I was just tasting everything. Shortly after that, I took some continuing education classes at the CIA in St. Helena. 
And part of what we did in the class was we went to the farmer's market, we bought a bunch of produce, then we went back and cooked it. And it was all really trying to understand how good ingredients can impact the food that you're making. Now, up until this point in my career, I was very technique driven. I had a very solid repertoire. I was all French technique, Italian technique, stocks and sauces, the classics. But I didn't really pay much in attention to the ingredients because at that point in time, like not everyone had access to great ingredients, especially in secondary markets. You know, I hadn't really worked with shallots too often. You know, shallots were still kind of unknown in a lot of places. Having a really good tomato, you didn't see. You had your typical romas and that was pretty much all you had. But now being exposed to the early grilled tomatoes and all these different beautiful colors that I didn't even know tomatoes could come in in different sizes and yeah, at first I thought they were fake. I was like, why do these tomatoes look like zebras and why are they purple? Why are the carrots purple? And what I learned, and this is early 2000s. I remember David Chang, I think, called out someone in one of his magazines or maybe, maybe it was in a tweet or something, but he said, you know, the difference between New York chefs and California chefs is like California chefs are all figs and twigs. It was, you know, taking a shot that it was just basically, you know, just very simply done food, you know, some ricotta with some figs, with some vin cotto, some black pepper, some olive oil, whatever. It was just very simple cooking where they were doing more interesting things in New York. And it wasn't just, you know, a lot of people were calling it lazy cooking at the time because it was just minimally impacted food, manipulated, I should say, just letting the ingredients shine on their own. Marco Pierre White talks about this. He says, you know, mother nature is the true artist. Things that grow together, go together. Elaine Ducasse talks about that, making sure that ingredients do the heavy lifting of the cooking. If you're using good ingredients, you don't need to manipulate them too much. The good ingredients don't necessarily need a good chef. The chef needs the good ingredients more than the good ingredients need the chef. I'll give you an example. You can take a mediocre cook. Let's just say you go to someone's house and they're having a house party. They're not a trained chef. They're, you know, real housewives, real high, real housewives of LA or wherever, Atlanta. I don't, I don't know where the real housewives are right now, but we digress. You go to one of their parties, housewife comes out. She doesn't know how to cook, but she knows how to shop and she's smart and she knows how to pair her ingredients and she gets good bread and perfectly in-season tomatoes and really high quality Italian olive oil and fresh basil and telecherry peppercorns in her pepper mill and a flaky Maldon salt. And she goes to the charcuterie counter. She gets the porchetta and the salsison and the finocchiona. And she gets some Iberico and Spanish chorizo. And she makes a beautiful spread with heirloom tomatoes and burrata cheese drizzled with high quality olive oil and fresh basil finished with Maldon salt and a bunch of salami and some artisan bread and high quality European butter and some fresh radishes and baguette. And she opens up a little tin of caviar to go with it. And she has really good, high quality creme fraiche. And she has nice crackers because she doesn't know how to make bellinis. And she accompanies it with a couple of jams, a membrio, some accoutrements. Maybe there's some beautiful produce there as well. There's a perfectly ripe peach, some cherries sliced up. She's drizzled everything with a high quality aged balsamic vinegar. What, what are you thinking? You're thinking, I want to be at that place. I want to eat that food. Meanwhile, you're over there messing around with three-day-old salmon that was farmed. And you're trying to make it taste good with your oh-so-special rub. 
from your spices that have been sitting on the shelf and that are all expired and have lost their potency, whose house do you want to eat at? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, realistically, you want to eat at the person that's going to have the better spread, the real housewives. Now, zero skill. She was just a good shopper. But simply by being a good shopper, that person, now, zero skill, they're just a better shopper. But that's where you want to eat because the ingredients and the quality of what you're buying makes a huge difference. Using ingredients when they're in season is going to make a huge difference, right? Your cruciferous vegetables in the winter, your hard squashes in the fall are perfect for purees and ravioli fillings, hard roasting, smoking, charring. In the summer, your stone fruits are perfect. Pairing them with a nice high quality jamon using good cheeses, your lamb in the spring, your asparagus, fresh peas, morel when they're in season. That short period of time when white truffles are in season and you shave them simply over a simple risotto. I mean, food really doesn't get better than that. Like trends come and go, but when you're just focused on like the really high quality good things, a little goes a long way. Like I was saying, you want an amazing dish on your menu and you don't know what to put on? Make the most amazing baguette or buy it with the most amazing butter. Some radishes and some celery. 10 out of 10. Everyone's going to love it. Picking the right corn to make your tortillas. Again, everyone's going to love it. Some simple warm tortillas with heirloom corn from Mexico, grown from a specific region that is known for growing that corn. Makes a huge difference. There's also the health benefits of using minimally processed food, going to the farm and seeing how they're growing your food. I have a chef's PSA that I, I've used a few times that says, if you want to understand food better, plant a garden. And I mean that. Go to our farm. You don't just have to plant a garden. Go to our farm. See where your meat is coming from. See where your vegetables are coming from. See how the cheese is being made. Understand that process. I went to a maple syrup farm. I don't know if it's a farm. Anyway, cabin. Sugar shack. That's what they're called. I went to a sugar shack where they were making maple syrup. And it blew my mind. I didn't realize how maple syrup was made. It was up in Vermont and Montreal. And they tap all these trees and the sap is coming out of the trees. And it looks like water when it's coming out. And they put, it, they put in this big thing and they boil it down into a syrup. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like 50 gallons make one gallon, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong of maple syrup. But trying that warm maple syrup at the sugar shacks, it doesn't get better than that. It was pretty amazing. I got to try the sugar on snow where they reduced the maple syrup into almost like a taffy and they pour it over snow and they roll it onto a popsicle stick. 11 Madison Park, I think, does a more soigné version of that. But it's fun to see that. To see where the food is coming from, your ideas will also start to spark. You'll get new ideas, how to write menus. You'll be able to combine food more interestingly. You'll understand that things that are growing together in proximity, things that are growing in, together in proximity of time, meaning in season, will start to taste better. You'll be able to level up your game. Then you add your technique to it and you plus it. You make it better. Think about how lethal of a chef you would be if you had the best ingredients and the best technique. Unstoppable. You have to sharpen your knowledge in both technique and ingredients and make sure you're using them and knowing which techniques to apply to those ingredients. Also knowing when to not mess them up and restrain yourself from doing too much to something simple. Again, like I said, you get a beautiful piece of bread and you toast it and you drizzle it with olive oil and you rub a little clove of garlic on it, maybe nothing else needs to be done. Maybe you put a slice of hamoni barico on it and some papara peppers. Again, keeping it simple. Now, I will use one little disclaimer, and that is 
just because you got it from a farm or just because you're buying it in season doesn't necessarily mean that it's always good. So use your intelligence. If it's unripe, make sure you're, make sure you know how to select food. If you're in a restaurant and you're accepting the delivery, check your deliveries, hold your vendors accountable. Don't just accept it because it came from the farm, right? It doesn't all food, I guess, comes from a farm, right? Isn't that what Anthony Bourdain says? It's all farm to table. Here's your homework. If you live in a place where you go tour the farms, go tour the farms. Talk to your vendors. Go see where your meat is coming from. Go see where your cheese is being made. Go tour the local farm where your produce is being grown. If you have the opportunity, plant your own garden. You're going to make mistakes. That's okay. That's how you learn. You're going to kill a few plants. Don't be so hard on yourself. Go foraging. Learn what the edible plants are in your area. Learn preservation techniques like lacto-fermentation, pickling, canning, preserve ingredients when they're at their best so you could use them throughout the year. I know, I mean, I'm talking citrus. Like everyone just preserves lemons, but you could preserve all the citrus. Preserve your limes, your oranges, your grapefruits, your Meyer lemons, your Buddha's hand, all of that you could preserve. If you're in a position where you can't always buy the high quality ingredients, because let's be honest, Sometimes you're not in that position. Everything needs to come from the big master distributor and you get the commodity ingredients. Well, maybe you don't buy everything, but maybe you just buy a couple of things. Maybe your tomatoes, right? Maybe it's not everything on your menu, but maybe just your passion is getting the local tomatoes. Or maybe you're passionate about just making sure that you use this finishing olive oil or this finishing salt. If it's going to be the center of the plate item, let it shine. Maybe the supporting cast isn't all from the farm because you can't afford it. Sometimes farm to table is a little bit more expensive, but if you could start incorporating better ingredients in your food, I promise your food will be exponentially better. Trust me. Go get some good ingredients and go cook some good food. Tag me on Instagram at Chef's PSA. I wanna see what you're making. If you wanna support the show, you know what to do. Make sure you leave five stars, nothing less than five stars. Go to chefspsa.com. Go get this happy cook hat, we digress shirt, Chef's PSA shirt. The 50 most important chef's PSA is free, most likely by now. Go get it. See you next week. Hit the porno music. Music.